Tarhanam asinam sangyatam priyayam prinayam muni smaran bhagavad adesham itya shlakshnaya vira. The Gita received Arhanam honor, asinam, seated, sangyatam, remained silent. Prina, Prinayam, delighting, Muni, the sage, Smaran, remembering, Bhagavat of the Lord, Adesham, the order. Iti, thus, Aha, spoke, Shlakshnaya, sweet, Yira, the voice. Translation by Vangrai Shiva Prabhupada. After receiving the sage's attention, the king sat down and was silent. Recalling the instructions of the Lord, Cardinal then spoke to the king as follows, delighting him with his sweet accents. 
we still do this together, I guess, huh? Text 50. Nunam chankam manam deva satam sang rakshin nayate vidhaya chasatam yastvam hare shaktir hipalini Shatriyas are allowed to commit violence 
in that way because violence for a good purpose is part of their duty. Here are two terms are clearly mentioned, but haya, for the purpose of killing and asatam, those who are undesirable. The protecting energy of the king is supposed to be the energy of the Supreme Lord. In Bhagavad Gita 4.8, the Lord says, Prachanaya Sadnam Vinashaya Shadutatam. Anybody know what that means? Prachanaya Sadnam. To deliver the plan. To annihilate the miscreants. Vinashaya Shadutatam. The Lord descends to give protection to the pious and kill the demons. The potency, therefore, to give protection to the pious and kill the demons or undesirables is directly an energy from the Supreme Lord. The king or the chief executive of the state is supposed to possess such energy. In this age, it is very difficult to find such a head of state who is expert in killing the undesirables. Modern heads of state sit very nicely in their palaces and try without reason to kill innocent persons. Wow. That's a devastating indictment there. Modern heads of state sit very nicely in their palaces and try without reason to kill innocent persons. Oh my God, Our spiritual master, Shiva Prabhupada, is opening my eyes with his first light of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisance unto him. All members of Shiva Prabhupada. So text 49 and 50 again. After receiving the sage's attention, the king sat down and was silent. Recalling the instructions of the Lord Cardinal, he spoke to the king as follows, delighting him with sweet accents. Quote, the tour you have undertaken, O Lord, is surely intended to protect the virtuous and kill the demons, since you embody the protecting energy of Sri Padma. Karma Muni is, of course, a really elevated, self-realized soul. We heard in the past verses that even his body, even though he was dressed in rags, his body was you know, radiant. But yesterday, his body shone most brilliantly. He had engaged in austere practices for a long time. And although he was doing that, he was not emaciated. Remember, I remember why he was not emaciated. It's hard to remember these things. Because he was the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. The Lord is. Very good, Nick. You were here yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. And he heard the Lord, too. Yeah, he had seen him and he heard from him. For the Lord had cast his affectionate sidelong glance upon him. He had also heard the nectar flowing from the moonlike words of the Lord. The sage was tall, his eyes were large, his petals like petals of a lotus. He had matted, matted locks of hair, clad in rags. Swain saw him somewhat soiled like an unpolished gem. So this is this sage Karna. He recognizes what a, a real 
you know, monarch, what his position is. And uh, reminds me of the sage whose son cursed Parikshit Maharaj to die in seven days. He also understood the value of these type of monarchs, these great, you know, Rajarshi. What they're, what they're, how necessary they are for protecting people and maintaining nice everything in society so people could, you know, be peaceful and happy and just have their lives and not be worried about, you know, any kind of wild thing. Like in Australia, they have these wildfires. People are, in one town, I think they just like fled into the ocean. Anybody read that? And these huge walls of flame coming and you know, just going towards the ocean and people are hoping it's going to stop. Nobody can stop such a huge wall of flame with airplanes or buckets of water or anything. But in the days of these great kings, the religious practices were kept up and they kept up their own duties to the extent that you didn't have these things. You didn't have floods, earthquakes, fires. People didn't you know, children didn't die before their parents. Women did not have to suffer through widowhood. All these kind of things in society, you know, people, they weren't bothered by these things. So, uh, part of me here is, you know, recognizing, and the king is also showing his, uh, what he is by says he sat down and was silent before this sage. He wasn't going before him and saying, you know, I'm a king, I can do anything I want. That's what our current leader says. I can do anything I want. Really? Is that so? Isn't that independent? Now this king sits down and was silent. He's humble. Even though he's, he's a ruler of the earth, so uh, that's also, you know, required of somebody. That's that has to be there for somebody who has knowledge. And we're so fortunate to hear about these things because otherwise we'd be getting up in the morning and putting on the coffee and hearing the traffic report and going to work. And we wouldn't hear these nice things. But. Shri Prabhupada stayed up at night and translated the Bhagavad Gita and told us what the items of knowledge are. What are the other items of knowledge? Amanatum and Dhammatum and Himsa Shantir Varshan. Amanatum, the first one is, that's what we already said here, anybody know? Amanatum, humility. Adhambatum, pridelessness. We're seeing that word in the morning, Dumbo Darpo Vimanascha. That, that verse we repeat. Dumbo means pride. Um, a Dumbatum is pridelessness, but Dumbo Darpo, pride, Darpo, I guess, means arrogance. Dumbo Darpo Vimanas. Conceit, is that what that is? Pride, arrogance, conceit. Anger, harshness, ignorance. These are the qualities of the dumb demoniac. And America is exporting that to the whole world these days. People are seeing it and they're also thinking, yes, this is the way to behave. 
And I'll even imitate the words, the language. I saw yesterday with this leader of Israel, Netanyahu. He's had a long run as the leader of Israel, the chosen people of Israel. But he's, they found out he's doing, I mean, all the politicians nowadays, they are involved in, you know, one thing or another, bad things a lot of times. So he's trying, they're trying to bring him to justice over things that have been going on in the background. And he's saying, very reminiscent of what we hear on our news in the States, it's all a witch hunt, he said. And what's the other thing? This is all politically motivated. Exactly. So people don't know what to do, what not to do, what to say and what not to say anymore. It's just anything to stay on top and appear. And also, if I say it enough times, that these dumb people, they'll eventually, you know, they'll believe it. Just keep repeating the message and they'll, you know, they'll believe it finally. It's all the time, it's all the time, it's all the time, it's all the time. So, but we have this, uh, fortunately, the, uh, the ability to chant the Hare Krishna mantra and be purified and hear purified words from the authorities. So we can know, know something else and eventually know what should be done and not done. Because it may come to us some, at some point in our lives, who, don't, who knows what Krishna's plan is. Who knows which one of us is going to end up in front of a camera speaking before the whole United States. Oh, you're a Hare Krishna person? Well, we've heard you know something. Can you say something about the present situation in the world? And then all of our practice may come, you know, and what we've heard, you know, the Lord helps us. In that situation, I think it'd be good to say a little prayer. <laughs> Please help me to say the right thing to inspire someone that, you know, because people need to hear some penetrating words that can really uplift things because everybody's been just dragged down. Like everybody's in a, what do you call it, a toilet bowl. Whirling around and going down. Sheila Prabhupada was singing a lecture that um, now you see churches are not being built. No one's building churches and temples. And they're going, uh, you know, they're going out of business. Well, maybe they tear the building down and then instead of building a new church or a temple, they build a skyscraper. Because. <clears throat> Nobody can make money in a temple. It's not worth, you know, putting the energy into building the temple because we won't get any profit. So let's build a skyscraper. In. I was wondering about this last sentence. Modern heads of state sit very nicely in their palaces and try without reason to kill innocent persons. I was thinking, well, is that really true? Because how can a person do that? leader actually openly do that, something like that. Then I thought about these people that are suffering so much in other 
societies, like in Central America, people are leaving their homes and coming here. But the leaders in our country are figuring out ways to keep them down there. Don't let them in here. They're just coming here. They're, they're worthless little brown people. They haven't done anything productive. And now they've got to suffer. So let them stay where they are. Don't let them in here. We can handle it. We have what we have things like we want it, and let's don't let them come here. For God's sake, don't let them come in. You know, we have our grocery stores full, we have our liquor stores full, and we're fine. Don't let them come here. <laughs> but why did they get like they did in these countries? A lot of times, uh, these governments became oppressive because America was down there, like in Central America. We went down there and taught them how to have these banana plantations and work for us, actually. And we empowered certain people. They got a lot of money. There was a lot of poor people. There was this big separation going on, so the suffering has increased to the point where people just have to leave their homes. They can't. They're being threatened. And we don't want to let them in. Even though we were down there in their country years ago doing things that were, you know, you know, in the long run couldn't couldn't last for the benefit of everyone. That's the other thing about these things we're reading here is these people, Cardinal Mooney and Swain Mooney, what they do and what they see and what they talk about is for the benefit of everyone. Shiva has talked about in one of the purports I was seeing in the Bhagavad Gita that. You know, a king or someone like Arjuna, they shoot their arrows. And their shooting of their arrows is also a transcendental activity. Just making that point. So, people are leaving their countries in Syria and different places and trying to get their way to Europe and sometimes to America, leaving Africa and coming. So it's a big question now, what should, what should we do? Should we try to help all these people? How can we do that? It's not practical. One political side says, it's not practical to do that. We can't do that. Let's figure out a way and legally and figure out a way of talking about it so we don't have to be responsible for all these poor people coming, destitute people who can't do anything for us materially. They just want to take from us. And the other side says, well... We should try to do something. But they also have their weak, weak philosophies. You know, we should kill, make, make it available that people can kill their unborn babies. Yes, come here, live in America, and enjoy things. And then after you get enough food, of course you're going to want to have sex. And this will cause a baby, and the baby's a problem, so we'll... That's another thing we have to do something about. This is the other side of the argument. We'll help people to be comfortable, but when they get comfortable, they're going to produce babies. So to keep too much of that going on, we'll, we'll make it possible to have abortions. So nobody knows what to do, just like we said. Nobody knows really what to do or not do, or say or not say, or fear or not fear. But we can understand from our scriptures and 
example of our spiritual master, Sri Prabhupada, and all the elevated devotees and authorities that we have coming in the line. And uh, I brought this big Ramayana because I started thinking about the, how Ramayana starts. I haven't never read the Ramayana, I've heard some of the stories, but there's such a nice part of how it begins. The way I remember it beginning in one version that I read was maybe um, someone was asking the sage Valmiki Muni, Oh, great sage, is there such a person who is like this and like this and like this? He sounds like he's so desperate, you know, to, to know. Is there a person, a really elevated, honorable person in this world somewhere that's, that has all these qualities that I, that I need, numerous and numerous? And Valmiki Muni says, yes, there is such a person. His name is Ram. <laughs> is that, am I wrong about that? Did I dream that? Is that the way it starts? Anyway, it's told in here, it's in a little bit different form, maybe. This is an amazing book, I think. Didn't know it was in the library, but the illustrations are, this is Ram here, Green. And Sita uh, did, and whoever the artist is, they did their faces just really sweet. I mean, you just love them, look them just looking at them. <laughs> yeah. So this is full of good uh, illustrations, in, in addition to having you know, scripture translated in narrative form here. So this, is, this is the actual beginning of the great epic, Ramayana. One day the great celestial sage Narada okay, entered Valmiki's hermitage as Valmiki was conversing with his disciples. They offered Narada obeisances, seated him comfortably, and washed his feet before offering him suitable presentations. After the customary inquiries about each other's welfare, Valmiki said, O best among knowers of the truth, please tell me who is the foremost of all great personalities? Who is the most learned and powerful? Whose bodily features are the most attractive? Who possesses flawless character and always looks after the welfare of all beings? Not just one political party. But after the welfare of all beings and not just humans. Who has the strength to protect everyone within the universe? Narayana replied, O sage, there is a king named Ram in the dynasty of Ikshvaku, who is the son of Maharaj Dasharat. He embodies all good qualities. He is the reservoir of all opulence and a master of unlimited potencies. Ram's chest and shoulders are broad, his head is beautifully formed, and his eyes are large. He is tall and his limbs are symmetrical and well-formed. His intelligence is unfathomable, his countenance is grave, his voice deep, and he is very eloquent. Ram is fully conversant with the use of weapons, and he is the ideal follower of religious principles. Ram is simultaneously the destroyer of all foes and the only shelter for fully surrendered souls. The only shelter for fully serene. So he is wise, compassionate, and grave like the ocean. Ram is heroic in battle, loved by all creatures, and impartial towards friends and enemies. His forbearance is like the earth's. His anger resembles the fire that blazes forth at the time of universal devastation. 
In truth, Ram is the support of the entire universe. He is a plenary portion of Lord Vishnu, equal to him in all respects. So, believe it or not, that kind of ties into our verses here because it says, um, Karma is, is saying that Swayamuga Mana embodies the protecting energy of Sri Hari. And those, what was that? Oh, it's in here, I think. Yeah, um, there's an introduction and a preface and a, a dedication to Srila Prabhupada in here. And it notes that Srila uh, <clears throat> Prabhupada's comments about how the Lord has so many forms and that they exist in human society everywhere and that He empowers different grades of people to do different things, activities. And they are his like, potencies expressed, manifested in society. Um, so that was in here somewhere. And that's exactly what we hear in this verse. That's why you move Mandra, who recognizes him by the protecting energy of Sri Hari. see all the things that are going on in the kingdom just like you know a father should know what's going on in his own house and he should be able to have control of it I was talking to a friend of mine and he keeps reminding me there's a person in Tennessee he keeps reminding me well there's not because I keep giving these examples of the family how you know we're children like Jesus said we're children of God there's a father we have a father and we have a duty to cooperate with the Father. And he says, yes. But nowadays there's not, not that example. He keeps saying, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of bad examples of fatherhood. But still, can't deny that the principles are there. Otherwise, what do we have? If we can't, you know, expect that there's someone who has sense enough to... Uh, do what's right and to do to have the mentality that that I have to, to protect everyone and be an example, a good example for everyone. Then what do we got? We just got a bunch of cats and dogs running around, which is like what it is, like Shiva Prophet told us. People living like cats and dogs. <laughs> I don't want to ramble too much, stage thirty five. Does anybody have any comments so far? could read some verses from Bhagavad Gita so many nice things in there in purports nobody has any comments or thoughts I was also thinking that <laughs> maybe Chaitanya uh, Amrita is calling maybe she has a question <laughs> oh boy Aloha uh, <laughs> We're um, just talking about all this, uh, you know, migration crisis, these different 
peoples all over the world who are just leaving their homes. And I think they said nobody's seen this before. It's such a such an amazing thing that millions of people can't even live in their own home and they have to just grab what they can and walk. You know, they come to that point. And then for us, you know, to think how we can get around helping them. You know, it's kind of uh, been pointed out that the things that are happening in Syria now, now our leaders decided to send more troops after all to Baghdad or, you know, Iraq. But we were there many, many years ago. All this stuff is, is not new. It's been going on from America, going out since World War II and doing business in the world. And that became our main uh, goals to do big business in the world. Because we, we did this pious thing of helping the Europeans against the demon. Who I just heard in the Memories video, again, I heard this years ago, that speaking of empowered beings, that Hitler, this I heard in, I could almost tell you what Memories video it was, but it was Who was this sannyasi who later became a, it was Vishnu uh, Jana Maharaj's brother. Pretty sure they were brothers. Prabhatimanya. He said he heard, and this was in a private conversation with Srila Prabhupada, that Hitler was also a Shakti Avishabha. That he says Shakti Avesh means empowered, and Avatar means to descend. But not every empowered person who comes down sins for a good purpose. Maybe necessary to send someone who does other things. Yeah. So why do I get on that? Anyway, after so World War II happened, there was this powerful demon, and we did our duty, which was to go and help. And then we were respected after that. And there were so many productive things going on that could be exported to the rest of the world. People realized it happened. But our intentions, intentions for the rest of the world became less pure. And our religious um, practices became, it's like I was saying in my own life, you know, when I was a kid, I believed in God. And my mother said, you should say prayers. And Jesus was there talking in church, and I believed, yes, this is, this is good. Jesus, what he's saying must be true. But then later on, you know, life was good. And I, personally, I got away from spiritual practices or, you know, more or less, you know, away from going to church, things like that. And then your your focus changes. It's kind of a, just to be a gradual thing. But pretty soon you're a demon. You're acting like a demon. You've gotten away from you know, your position of subordination to, to the Father. You've forgotten about it. And from there trouble happens. And I can attest to that. fact. <laughs> We have to keep our mind focused and our uh, 
be always aware of our subordinate position. Not that we're independent, we can do anything we want to. This is the idea now. I've got a lot, I've collected a lot of money, even though it was done illegally or, you know, cheating people, but I've got the money, so I'm puffed up and I can do anything I want to. This is a terrible attitude. You know, and so you're going to be suffering. So we should be enthusiastic to perform our spiritual duties and try to purify ourselves and try to understand. Maybe we can understand what should be done and not should be done and be a good influence on people. I hope. Nobody has any comments? What else can we do here? Oh, it's kind of a mess that Amaze talking about this, how, how we're treating and how we're thinking about what to do about the different immigrants and people. Um, there's a purport in the chapter Bhagavad Gita, chapter 16, Divine and Demoniac, where Srila Prabhupada points out that people are grown, becoming more and more cruel. And I was also hearing a, a lecture by Srila Prabhupada on YouTube where um, Bhakti Bhakash Swami was listening to Srila Prabhupada in his room with devotees given darshan and Srila Prabhupada just kept repeating that people are becoming I mean, yeah that people are becoming more and more cruel and Prabhupada repeated it he said seven times Prabhupada just sit there and said cruel cruel just kept saying how um, and Bhakti Swami's per reason was saying this that he could you know by this and other ways he could understand how Srila Prabhupada felt in his heart to, to want to help people. And he compared it to Prahlad Maharaj this morning to you know thinking that, that I don't just want to leave this world. I want to take people also helped him. So he was saying that he thought Srila Prabhupada may be an incarnation of Prahlad Maharaj because he had that same deep feeling that he wanted to do something for people. And it's amazing that Srila Prabhupada always hear it, that he gets up in the middle of the night and translates, but when else can you have peace to do? Can you imagine? I mean, a temple president, Mother Jhanam can tell you, you don't get any peace anytime when people are moving around. Only when everybody's dead asleep could you have any peace. And that's when Srila Prabhupada sat and translated. So he would go to bed at 10 o'clock maybe or something and get up at 12.30 and translate and, and do all this for us, you know, because we didn't have this stuff. We didn't have this information. We have the Bible and, and, and the words of Jesus, but which is, you know, Jesus knew everything also. And he was saying what we need to know, but... There's also the fact that you need people practicing, inspired to practice what Jesus said. And there may be those people. 
They're hard to find, I think. And uh, so, Shri Prabhupada really did something amazing for us. So he translated as Srimad Bhagavatam, which kicks out of all, Srimad Bhagavatam kicks out all materially motivated religion and propounds the highest truth. The highest truth is, you know what it is, Nick, according to the beginning of Srimad Bhagavatam? Highest truth is reality distinguished from illusion for the welfare of all. It says, such truth completely uproots the threefold miseries. It's compiled for, by the sage Vyasadeva in his maturity. And it is, this Srimad Bhagavatam is sufficient in itself for God-realization. Therefore, what is the need of any other scripture? It says, as soon as one attentively and submissively hears the Srimad Bhagavatam, by culture, cultivation of this knowledge, the Supreme, Supreme Lord becomes established within the heart. So I'll read the uh, text again here if anybody has any ideas or things to discuss or corrections for me, you can let me know. Kitaranam Asinam Sangitam Prinayam Prinayam Nungi Smanam Bhagavad Adesham Ityaha Shlakshmaya Gira. After receiving the sage's attention, the king sat down and was silent. Recalling the instructions of the Lord Karma, then spoke to the king as follows, delighting him, him, delighting him with his sweet accents. In text 50, Nunam Chum Kramanam Deva Satam Sang Rakshanayate Vidhaya Chasatam Yastram Hare Shaktir The tour you have undertaken, O Lord, is surely intended to protect the virtuous and kill the demons, since you embody the protecting energy of Sri Hari. All the Manus are said to be, on some level, incarnations of, of the Lord. They're jivas, but they're empowered. And uh, there's one Manu for every, how many, how much time? Uh, 72, 73, roughly, yoga cycles. Yeah. What are the four called? Is that Divya Yuga? Yeah. Divya Yuga. Well, a thousand Yuga cycles. Yuga. Oh, okay. So if you just multiply 42 by 72 by 14, you get roughly 1,000. So every 72 yoga thousand. cycles, there's a change of Manu in the universe. Okay. So Manu doesn't live for a Divya Yuga then? Not yet. I, I thought a Divya was 4, so then 74, but that's, that's wrong. That's yeah, no, Divya, yeah. Divya Yuga is 1,000. It's 1,000. It's a day of Brahma. It's Brahma, yeah. So what is the 4? Is there a name for yeah, 4? Chaturyuga. Um, Chaturyuga, okay. <laughs> when 
actually a nice devotee. She's sincere, but she just, you know, tends to get off a little bit. So we'll send her Mother Sundami can help her and inspire her. Also be a female mentor. So one of the things that happened with this, like I said, very nice, sweet, sincere person, she would come to the temple room and during the japa period she would say, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Hare. And, which is okay, it doesn't matter how fast or slow somebody goes, but um, it kind of came out that, well, I don't really feel like doing it the way that people are telling me to do, or 16 rounds or anything 
that there's any rules necessarily because I don't feel that. So I don't want to do that because it will be insincere if I do it. If you <laughs> tell me I should just get through, do the 16 rounds and I don't feel like it then, I don't see how I can do it. Because completely it, misconstruing what sincerity means. Okay. Right? Yeah. In other words, it's, it's contradicting my desires. Uh -huh. So that's in, that would be insincere if I did something against my own desires. Yeah. No, sincerity means surrender. Yeah. <laughs> my idea is that I should serve my own mind. And that's sincerity. If I sincerely serve what my mind's telling me. This is what we, we do, you know. So, as Bhakti said, Saraswati Thakur said, you have to beat your mind a hundred times in the morning with a shoe. <laughs> Yeah. And then before you go to bed at night, a hundred times with a broomstick. <laughs> because your mind is, you know, full of nonsense, so full of nonsense, you know. Make you do all kinds of things except for, you know, listen to a superior person and just do what they say. Follow along. Just try to follow along, you know. And it's, you know. And if you do that, after a while, it becomes practice and it's no more problem. The prophet said, if you do something, what, seven days in a row? Maybe hard the first day, second day, you know, quite, quite as hard. After three, four, five, after seven days, it's a habit. Forget it. You don't even have to think about it anymore. Maybe I'm quoting that wrong. Maybe it's more like 30 days or something. Two I think weeks. he said two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> after two weeks, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just decide, I'm going to do this. And that's it. So, and this is the only way to really become self-realized is to become disciplined. You know, to have some discipline, to listen to authority, to superior people, and, uh, you know, you can't figure it out on your own, or, or just kind of be, you know, lukewarm. When somebody in a superior position tells us we have to do, we should do certain things, and pay attention. Maybe somebody like Mother Sundarman who doesn't want to come down real heavy. Maybe they're saying it nice to you, but still, you should listen. And, you know, try to do it. And I'm preaching to myself. Maybe I don't do what she asked me to do either. But <laughs> I hope someday I can. Anyway, anything else? 8.54. Are we ready? Like it. I had a question about like uh, the mantra in relation to uh, Mahaprabhu about like someone told me that the Hari Rama refers to Balaram instead of oh. Ramachandra. So. Yes, I've heard that that preached around here too. But in Chaitanya Charitamrita, and I don't, I can't quote the verse. Srila Prabhupada says it can mean either one of those. You know, whatever you, whichever one you take it to mean, it's not that it's one or the other, really. although I've heard it preached the other way. Do you have a comment about that? Yeah, it is in Chaitanya Chartam. Is it in CC? Okay. Yeah. I know it's in a letter, too. It's yeah. Prabhupada saying, either way, they're both, the, they're both Purusha, they're both the enjoyers. Yeah. That's what Rama means. No, I definitely read it because I heard somebody saying, no, it has to mean Balaram, you know, or something like that, but then I read Chaitanya Chartam to Shri Prabhupada didn't say that. So. Mm. If I find it, I'll let you know, but I don't do so good with these word searches on the computer sometimes. <laughs>
I'll probably won't be able to find it. <laughs> Anything else? Thank you, Shiva Prabhupada. Thank you, devotees, for attending. Grantarachiman Bhagavatam Ki Jai Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai.